Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm glad that you have come back today. If you will, open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We uh, were able to finish chapter 10 where Paul, of course, is defending his ministry, and he, he is still very similarly doing that uh, especially, well, he's doing it really throughout uh, chapter 11, giving more proof and more support uh, to, to his ministry and to his, his apostleship specifically. Uh, he says, we'll just start, of course, with verse, verse 1. I wish that you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. Now what foolishness, foolishness is that? I think it's a reference to the boasting and the claims that that he is making. Of course, uh, uh, if you jump over to verse 16, actually, I think that kind of helps make it a little bit clearer. He says, I repeat, let no one think me foolish, but even if you do accept me as a fool so that I too may boast a little. He's not, he's not of course, saying that he is foolish or that he is is wrong in in making these claims or or defending himself it's that that kind of idea of the boasting that these false prophets were doing of course was foolish but as he's going to explain later the Corinthians had no problem with it they bore with these false teachers and they sat there and they listened to all of the claims and all of the foolishness that was coming from them and so He's saying, why don't you bear with me in some of this foolishness for a little while and let me defend myself. And he says in verse 2, this whole passage, this whole passage, especially starting in this chapter, uh, we really see the, the sarcasm of, of Paul in this chapter because of what the Corinthians were doing. We see it there in verse 1. He's saying, bear with me in this foolishness. Though it wasn't actually foolish, he again was, was being sarcastic. Since they had put up with all of this other nonsense from these other people, he's saying, why don't you just, just stick with me for a little bit. In verse 2, he says, For I feel a divine jealousy or a godly jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband, to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. Going back to whenever he went to Corinth in Acts chapter 18 and established the church there. He's saying, I'm jealous over you. Again, with that godly jealousy, it's not the same kind of jealousy that these other people had. It's not because he just thinks he's so grand that you know he wants the Corinthians under his thumb and he wants all of their attention and he wants all of their praise. He's got that godly jealousy. He, he wants them to come back and do what is right because of all of the work that he has done with them. He says, I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. He had worked with them and he had brought them out of their idolatry and he had had through his teaching of the gospel been able to to cleanse them through their obedience to the gospel he was able to cleanse them even going back 
uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, in verses 9 and 10 where he lists several different sins. Uh, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. The sexual, immoral, idolaters, adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. As he was there teaching them and working with them and correcting all of those things and their obedience, they became pure and they became a part of the church, which we often call the bride of Christ. In fact, in the book of Ephesians, uh, there in chapter 5, whenever Paul is, he, he hits on the marriage relationship, but, but he's drawing that comparison, that the relationship that a husband has with the wife is the same relationship that Christ has with the church that he loved the church so much and he loved these people so much that he was willing to die for them. And in that sense, of course, we often say that the church is that bride of Christ and he is bringing the Corinthians back to all of that work that he had done. That again, he's not just trying to control them, but that he wants them to be restored to that, that standard. He wants them to come back to Christ such as they were at the beginning. In verse 3, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Just as the devil deceived Eve there in Genesis chapter 3, he's, he's concerned that the Corinthians are, are being led away by all of these false apostles. And he says in verse 4, For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Now the first part of this, he's talking about and proclaims another Jesus uh, than the one that we have proclaimed. It it's, has a very similar uh, feel to it uh, as to what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 9 he says I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel not that there is another one but that there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ for even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you let him be accursed as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Paul giving a similar exhortation to those in Galatia, saying if anyone comes and says something that's different than what we taught you to begin with, then don't listen to them. But here in Corinth, and, and much like those in Galatia, because they had already started to turn from the gospel, here in Corinth, there were those that had come and they were teaching all of these things that were contrary to the truth. And he says at the end of verse 4, you put up with it readily enough. The New King James says there, you may well put up with him. They didn't do anything about it. 
these false teachers, false apostles, they were coming in and teaching things not just against Paul, but they were, they were preaching a different gospel. And those in Corinth weren't standing up to it. They weren't correcting it. They were taking it in and they were putting up with it. And kind of going back to verse 1, he's kind of saying, if you're going to put up with that, why don't you just put up with me for a little while and hear me out and, and let me set the record straight. Because if you're going to put up with these people coming in and teaching false doctrine, surely you should be willing to put up with me as well. And in verse 5, he says, Indeed, I consider that I am not in the least inferior to these super apostles. Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. Indeed, in every way we have made this plain to you in all things. He's saying, I'm not... I'm not inferior to these people that are coming in and leading you astray. He says in, in verse 6, you know, based on the claims of, of those in Corinth and based on the claims of these men, he says, even if I am unskilled in speaking, which he talks about chapter 10 and verse 10, his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech of no account. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 1 verses, or 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, he talks about how whenever he was there, he was there in much fear and trembling, and his speech was uh, of no account, even very similar there. Well, that's verse 10 of chapter 10. Uh, that idea there in 1 Corinthians 2 that he was not speaking with words of man's wisdom, not trying to, to necessarily wow them. So he's saying even if, I, even if I'm not the most eloquent person that you've ever met, he says, I'm not inferior to them in my knowledge. And that's something that those in Corinth, as he says, this is, has been made plain to you in all things. Going all the way back to the establishment of, of the church there. The knowledge that Paul had, of course, was given to him directly by God through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, through those miraculous gifts. The message that he had declared to them was given directly from God, but yet they had started to entertain these false teachers. And he's reminding them again that he is not inferior to them. In fact, he is superior to them because he's preaching the truth. And so he's, again, just desperately trying to bring the Corinthians away from those false teachers and remind them of the truth that he, he gave them at the very start. Uh, we're going to stop right here, and we'll pick up in verse 7 on Monday. I thank you for your time and for your attention. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to comment. Feel free to message us or to call us, and we would, would love to study the Scriptures with you and answer any questions that you may have. Uh, but I thank you again and hope you'll come back on Monday as we'll pick up in verse 7.